Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, I'm Chris Penwell from ActiveQuest. And I'm Joseph Yaden. We are a video game podcast that takes a deep dive into the news, covering the latest gaming trends and stories pertaining to the industry. We also do our best to cover the most recent games and like to have an ongoing discussion with the audience. You can contact us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at activequestpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you listening, everyone. And now, on to the show. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 96 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man who is next in line for a Michelob Ultra ad, Robert Workman. You know, I picked the wrong week to go on a diet, seriously. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I mean, I, I just, like, one day I was like, you know what, well, screw it, I'm tired of the stomach, so now I'm, I'm on a diet, and part of that diet is I can't enjoy my thick beer anymore. I have to drink Michelob Ultra, and yay! Yeah, so at least you and and um, and like Chris Pratt actually have something in common. Then in that case, <laughs> well, I mean, we both look good, but now, yeah, now we have something else in common. Sure, case in point, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and speaking of people that don't look good, our guest. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, wow. No, but you're the only guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we actually talk with this guy quite a bit on Twitter. Uh, if you follow him, you probably have seen 50,000 Gaston pictures, but he's also known as a Nintendo legend. He, he focuses on everything Nintendo, and you've been trying to get him on the show for the longest time. He is, of course, our good friend, Eric Bailey. Eric, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, you. Thanks for having me. Even with the insults, it's a pleasure oh. and an honor to be oh. here. That's, that's we, glorious. I love that's, it. That's what you get. I mean, like, I remember, like, one day I was just coasting on Twitter. All of a sudden, 30 pictures of what appears to be Gastonoramas just pop up on my feed out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, it's been a tough act to live down. I mean, I, I only did it for like what, a week or so. That's perfectly normal, right? That was uh, six days the big deal is. It's just another day in, in the in the Twitter first in that case. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is like a real pleasure to have you on. The, the, you know, though, Erica, like you know, especially like since um, like our paths have kind of like crossed like a number of times, and like to finally have us kind of like working on something together. In this case, uh, like at least outside of like some of the uh, the bitmap books and everything, because I, I know you, you've like contributed to those as well. Uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. really cool to have like a, have like the voice along with the face and like the yep. name and everything. So yeah, uh, I used to podcast quite a bit, so it's nice to try and get back in the saddle and. So far, the saddle feels good. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a nice snug fit in there. So, yeah, yeah the butt print 
still visible. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And uh, th- this is actually kind of like a perfect episode to have you on too, because uh, you know we are going to be talking about uh, about like old school Nintendo, but specifically yes. old school Nintendo in terms of like how they've handled religion in the past, uh, which I know oh, you, okay. you, you are a, a, a like a, like a devout Christian yourself. Uh, so like you, you'll have like some some real interesting uh, like insight I think like with this. So, Ooh, uh, will so, I? Ooh, okay, cool. will I? Yes, stay tuned. I look forward to that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into that though, we may as well kind of talk. You know, tackle the news here. There was quite a bombshell coming from Nintendo. Speaking of Nintendo, uh, specifically from the producer of Super Mario Odyssey, Yoshiaki uh, Koizumi, I believe is mm-hmm. how you pronounce his name. And um, so he basically. Uh, you know, confirmed what has been kind of like a big, you know, big uh, topic of the vi- of debate, specifically around Toad, on uh, whether or not the top of his head basically is actually part of his head or is like a hat. Uh, which I think like a lot of people kind of like assume that it was a hat, especially like if you grew up, um, you know, watching like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and like you know, kind of seeing him like kind of like just take it off very casually and you know, he just, just kind of has like basically like Homer Simpson hair almost like on top of there. Um, but no, like it's been at least confirmed anyway by the Super Mario Odyssey producer here that it is actually part of his head, which uh, kind of leads to some disturbing uh, insight, I guess. Uh, I was kind of curious, uh, like, you know, to have you start off, actually, Eric, on, like, what you thought when you heard about this news. Sure, yeah. I, You know, I didn't have a real strong opinion one way or another. I know there was team hat, there was team head. I think, though, my only contribution is to say, if you were relying on the cartoon to form your basis for your belief. It's kind of like looking at the thriller music video and forming your opinion of who Michael Jackson was. It's not the source material. It's not the authentic real deal. I'm going to take Nintendo's word on this and just let it be. Are you saying that Captain Lou Albano is not canon in the Mario universe? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Lou Albano is not the hero here. We're just going to have to let the past die. Wait, what? (laughs) You heard me. No, okay. Con TV has been showing a lot more Super Mario Brothers Super Show episodes, and it is real, okay? Because Rowdy Roddy Piper does not just stop by any old show. It's real. Okay, so there we go. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I think I'm more disturbed by the fact I've seen these images of Kirby walking around with his shoes on. Then he mm-hmm. sits down. He takes off his shoes. Then he has the ugliest feet in history. That's like human feet <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So I've just come to accept that the shoes are part of Kirby. You know, there's just some things you don't want to see the truth of. Here's, here's my notion, okay? That one day... Toad was kidnapped by Bowser and Bowser being the fucked up villain that he is tried to do brain surgery on Toad so that he would convince Peach to marry him or something mm, like that. Okay. Pete, well, Mario <laughs> saved him, brought him back to Peach. He's like, we can't let this happen again. Uh, so we're going to stitch this hat to his head and call it part of his head. So is this kind of like the concept, I guess, for Super Mario Odyssey 2 then? Because, like, obviously Bowser yeah. did try to marry Peach in, you know, in that game. So Yeah, well, I think I, he couldn't find Toad is the problem. That's <laughs> complete the, complete the so, mission, you know, I, I think that's a great concept. There should be, instead of Super Mario Odyssey, we could play Super Toad Odyssey where he just tears his own head off and throws it at everything. There I you go. Let's, did, did we get oh, enough of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker? I mean, I think it could be like Treasure tracker mixed with like stubs the zombie or something like that like i think you could do like something along those lines yeah we're talking about 
Nintendo here. territory with Bayonetta and all that, but this is kind of messed up. I mean, you don't treasure tracking, cranium cracking. There you go. We got some ideas flowing around here. I'm expecting Eric to like post a bunch of dead toad pictures over the next several days. Those do exist, though. They do. You know, just like the Rule 34 picks exist, and I'm not going there with it. That's with... true, too. <laughs> I do get the sense that if I Google dead toad photos, I'm not going to find exactly no. what you guys are looking <laughs> for. Well, you'll, you'll find <laughs> dead things, but no, not, you know, maybe dead toad Mario. Try that. Oh, thank yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, um, uh, yeah. But yeah, like it, 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 it is like a little, uh, I guess, like a little disturbing in some cases. I guess, like with uh, you know, also you know, the top of Toad's head now, I guess, being confirmed now by Nintendo themselves uh, that it is actually part of his head. So I don't know. Like, like hold like, on, hold on. Yeah. We are talking about Nintendo here, and at one point, didn't we have this discussion where Nintendo was talking about every time Yoshi shoots out his tongue, Mario is hitting him in the back of the head? Yes. Didn't we talk about this a while ago? And he's yeah, not. Yes. He's he's. <laughs> Pointing. If you take a look at the close pixel, he's freaking no, pointing. He's so Nintendo him. was wrong. Nintendo, no, no, Nintendo no. confirmed Mario that the punch is real. His, <laughs> no, Mario got over his animal abusive stage in Donkey Kong Jr. Once Mario has never been, gotten over his animal abuse. Are you kidding me? Like, ever since like the like Donkey Kong days, like he's always oh, been yeah. about animal abuse. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I I take a cleaner route when it comes to. I don't want to see Kirby walking around without shoes. I see. I'm alternative sorry. facts. It's, it's, it's alternative facts here, though. God. Okay. <laughs> you guys have your little twisted Nintendo fantasies, and I'll keep everything straight in my head, okay? Because I'm normal! <laughs> straight from I'm the Yoshi's goddamn mouth. I'm normal! <laughs> Yum! And something else that we also, I guess, have to take from the horse's mouth here, too, is uh, actually like a story here on Billy Mitchell, actually. So this is actually something that we kind of uh, hinted at a little bit in our previous episode, Robert. Yeah, we talked about because we were talking about how Todd Rogers had a dragster take or that's like dragster record taken yeah. away, and it was like, well, where is a Billy Mitchell? Because if anybody faces any sort of controversy, it's Billy Mitchell, and now indeed it is his turn because apparently his score was apparently removed not from Twin Galaxies but from a different group. I think it was the Donkey Kong group or something. Donkey Kong I don't forums, yeah, yeah. The Donkey Kong forums because he played on a Mame. Emulator. He did not yep. play in an original Donkey Kong arcade machine. You have to understand, arcade records at the time were super strict. You know, you you think Atari records were super strict with, well, here's a screenshot of my score. These are super strict having somebody play in the machine. Now, we saw a clip in the King of Kong where he played on what looked like not a complete machine. It was like, what is it? Like one of those screens, right? <laughs> not an actual machine. Right. Mm -hmm. So that automatically brought it into question, but now, now that he's been confirmed to play on a MAME emulator, that that shouldn't count at all. And why Twin Galaxies is taking so long to like you know shrug it off is beyond me. Well, Twin Galaxies has never been an organization that moved with any kind of rapid speed. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. The Todd Rogers, uh, the Todd Rogers investigation did take a while, but I mean, they, I believe they are looking into it and. <laughs> I'll tell you, the cool thing that when Patrick Scott Patterson, he doctored uh, a picture of Billy Mitchell sitting on top of a cabinet. On the side of the cabinet, you could read the word MAME. I love that. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, and it was actually kind of interesting like, to, to deduce on like how, uh, you know, to kind of like figure out, I guess, like how that, uh, that Billy Mitchell was using MAME instead of like, you know, an actual, uh, actual like arcade, uh, arcade like hardware and everything is because of the way that uh, Donkey Kong itself would actually kind of like load up and everything. It was just like the way that the level would like kind of load and it was kind of like all like 
almost like kind of like blink into existence as opposed to uh, kind of coming in almost like piece by piece as it would on the uh, on the actual arcade version. So that's basically how this kind of uh, the story you know more or less blew up. Uh, yeah, and I was I was really happy to see that because can I just say I am a tech dinosaur? I don't understand all the you know the nuances of the hardware. So when I started reading about this controversy, I was like, oh gosh, am I going to have to read about assembly code and how this stuff is programmed? And no, it's just slow motion video of how the screens are loaded and even to a layman's eye you you can see the difference and it's oh yeah it's crazy i mean the thing about main emulators you can manipulate them i mean how do you think people were so <laughs> easy to make um donkey kong ripoffs you know like oh, Donkey sure. king or whatever you know so uh, i mean ultimately the problem is getting Billy Mitchell in front of a machine to prove his high score. Because I've even heard stories like where he he goes to tournaments and everything like that, but he doesn't accomplish high score. He plays for a little bit, and then he goes to help other players. He right. doesn't live up to his reputation in that regard. You know, yeah, it's not like he's a terrible Donkey Kong player, but he's never cracked a million points, or at least yeah. apparently that's what we're learning now. And it, I I think ultimately it's kind of funny too because even this record change it only knocks him down from like 20th place to 21st place or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he hasn't been a top name in years and years, but he's the one who has the legacy and carries the name and was in a, you know, a documentary about the game. So. That's kind of the big thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like with the fact of like having him and Steve, Weeby like in the King of Kong, like obviously like their names kind of, uh, I don't know, prevail like whenever you kind of like think of uh, like Donkey Kong high scores and everything. But yeah, they are they are pretty like far down as far as like the top of the top and like the high scores uh, that have been like recorded uh, for Donkey Kong and everything. So in in all uh, like kind of like taking things into like perspective, it's not like a huge deal, but it is a huge deal in the fact that it's Billy Mitchell and he has the name and the caveat and all that stuff. Right. And, and obviously, like like correct me if I'm wrong on this too, but like I feel like Twin Galaxies kind of like uh, coddles. Billy Mitchell like a little bit and like oh, kind of, like, big oh, yeah. and, like big and like caters him a lot like you know like you can kind of see that too like in, in the King of Kong documentary as well and like I'm uh, like I'm just kind of uh, I don't know I, I like I, I never like no. to kind of like disparage someone without actually knowing them but at the same time I'm, I'm kind of like well, putting the kind of the pieces together with it you know here's the thing yeah. Billy Mitchell was a big part of Twin Galaxies when it was gaining its fame mm-hmm. and everything like that I mean. It, Imagine, like, you know, John Cena doing stuff for WWE, then people calling out saying his wrestling isn't real. Obviously, it is, but let's say you ran into a doctor tape where he threw a match or something like that. Then all of a sudden, this question is reputation, but WWE is not like, well, fuck him. You know, they're going to back his till their guy to the very end considering billy mitchell structured um with the help of twin galaxies to help them gain prosperity and everything like that along with todd rogers along with all these super scar- super scoring hero- heroes if you will um it, it's not so easy for them to shrug it off but by the same token there's evidence here there's evidence you know like I, i'm by the way i have no problem with john cena please don't send him to my house <laughs> um I'm, well, I'm, i was just sending an example but the the whole point is, is like we have evidence that he tried to get a high score and used a main emulator and like eric said even those who aren't familiar with main emulators can see you know the, it's like in king of kong when we saw the screen glitch yeah. You remember that? Exactly. You know, that that's bringing the question because that's not really authentic. That looks like it could have been doctored. You know, so if you have enough evidence, then there is enough there for an investigation and not just something to shrug off, no matter how he ties into Walter Day or Steve Weeby or King right. of Kong that's, or anything. Like that's that. that's, that's yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like speaking in generalizations or stereotypes or sweeping blanket statements, but the, the classic arcade community, it's pretty clickish. Oh yeah. yeah. 
And, and I'm sure that doesn't apply to everybody who likes classic arcade games, but there's definitely a core group of people who have been carrying this same banner for years and years and retreading on that and getting as much mileage as they can out of it. Mm. It's interesting, between Todd Rogers just a couple weeks ago and now Billy Mitchell, I don't know if all the dominoes are starting to fall or if these were the big ones they were always after, but I think something's going to have to give at some point. Yeah, I, I think what we're seeing here, we're going to see a lot more of the classic players prove their worth. I mean, there are some <laughs> players that do that. There's this Joust champion that actually goes, uh, his name escapes me at the moment. I'm trying to look it up. But Is it he uh, goes, Lonnie? Yeah, something like that. And and he goes to arcades across the nation, and he sets high scores with each Joust machine. I've actually seen a couple. It's pretty damn impressive. Mm -hmm. People like that who are willing to prove their worth, even if it means traveling from state to state, those people I have no problem with. It's the people that say they got the high scores and yet have very little proof to do it aside from a questionable method or something like that. So I think this little um, witch hunt, or should I say high score hunt, I guess, is more better of a proper term, um, is really going to call out who can defend their scores and who can't. Mm. Uh, I firmly believe Todd Rogers has the skills, and one day he'll sit down with Dragster and he'll get like a 5.57. Not a 5.51, but he'll get back up there <laughs> and show he knows his stuff. As yeah. for Billy, I don't know. Are, are, is he ever going to? I mean, he's on a talk show tonight, probably talking shit about, you know, the Donkey Kong forums kicking him off <laughs> instead of actually going to a machine, playing it for a few hours, having somebody live stream or something so they show he's actually playing on the machine and just prove you're a high score champion. Do you know, you which, know um, which, which talk show that is that he's going to be on? I don't know. It's probably a shitty one, as far yeah. as I know. I don't know. It's not, it's not like Kim Muller or anything like that. Or... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just heard he was going on a talk show tonight, and he was going to disparage or whatever. But I mean, probably Jimmy Fallon. Like if it was going to be like a big one. Or no, something. not Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, you can prove your worth if you say you're a champion. Prove your worth. I mean, somebody say to me, "Well, prove you're a journalist." I'll sit down and I'll bang out an article for in 20 minutes, showing off my writing skills. You know, don't don't sit there and say well this is doctored no okay you either prove your worth or you walk away simple mm. like yeah, words. I, i've been to galloping ghost arcade mm. i've seen lonnie mcdonald's name on the joust machine i've seen uh caitlin oliver on the splatterhouse machine she's and, awesome in splatterhouse. oh my gosh that's yeah it, and it truly is an achievement and not everyone's going to understand that but there is there is I don't I don't want to I don't want to make too much out of it but it's it's a sad thing and it's a shame that someone would recognize what an achievement it is and covet that so much that they'd be willing to fake a score to get there. Well, I think mainly he probably just boasted about it for the last few years to sell his barbecue sauce. Because whenever, yeah. whenever you see an event, whenever you see him an event, you know he'll happily give thumbs up pictures and everything like that. He won't charge her yeah. or anything like that. He'll wear but the American many... flag tie. Yeah, he will. He, you know, and I, I'm not going to question his style. He does have style with that American flag. <laughs> but everywhere he goes, you know, barbecue sauce. You know, yeah. And it's not bad. I've tried some. It's not bad. But, you know, you, you kind of brush aside the notion that you're a champion. I mean, be like, well, how great would it be to actually see Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe stand side by side and actually play Donkey Kong machines? But no, that, that was never – even at the Kong off. He's like, not oh, interested yeah. in that. He's it not interested happen. in that whatsoever. Yeah. yeah no. But, you He's know – beyond it. He's past it. I don't, he, I don't blame him completely, but it's just, it's interesting. Well, either prove your worth or step out of the way. That's it. Don't bitch and moan about how you think something's not legit if you're not going to step up and prove it. Yeah. So yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, like so far, like I don't think we've like really kind of like heard much like from his side as far as like you know like, like you know since this uh, this news kind of broke out and everything. But I don't know. It, it, it's it is kind of interesting to kind of see like what else is gonna I guess like fall as far as you know as far as like the dominoes are concerned because it seems like they are starting to fall. Um, you know, like from like the Twin Galaxies camp and everything. So I guess we'll wait and see in that sense. So um, one other thing uh, that you brought to my attention here, Robert, which uh, was really really cool because I got a chance to check it out uh, before we started recording here is an. <laughs> Overwatch uh, Doom mod, which yeah. is so, so cool. Um, this is a, a mod called Overdoom. It's uh, made by a modder by the name of My Name Is. And there's a video online. Uh, you can actually find the story at comicbook.com slash gaming. Just look up comic book Overdoom in the search bar. You'll pull it right up. Uh, video was posted by a Dr. Uber Waffles. I guess he drives and cooks, whatever. Um, <laughs> and he posts all this footage of classic Doom gameplay. But utilizing Overwatch weapons like um, like Lucio's um, Lucio's uh, gun, uh, Widowmaker's sniper rifle, and Diva's mech. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, watching yeah, I'm watching the mech yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously they had to make a few tweaks to make it work in classic Doom world, but I- I've seen a lot of mods, but this is really freaking impressive yeah. in terms of making I'm, everything come together I, I mean like even like the way that like diva's mech like moves around and everything it's pretty legit as far as like translating like the way that moves in overwatch into like how doom moves around and it's it's, it's just amazing and like you know even seeing like other weapons too like you know you, you mentioned there with like lucio's gun is you know it's really cool looking uh you know they also had like you know hanzo's arrows and uh, I think like a fair, you know, Ferris rocket launcher in there too, and everything. Like I don't know if they have like a jetpack for you to kind of like you know actually fly around as fair and rain rockets down on people. Uh, but I don't it, think it, so. That yeah. would have been too much. Yeah, it, it might be. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it is like a really really cool mod and like uh, just, you know just with what they're doing with it and just you know just in general like the Doom modding community just like constantly killing it like every time like a new one of these come out. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like how the community does this. It's sort of like when you saw the Rick and Morty and Back to the Future mods in Grand Theft Auto Five or the oh, yeah. Iron Man. <laughs> Oh my god, the Iron Man mod is amazing because you can actually use his weapons to like kill innocent people. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Amazing. Not that I'm murderous. Not that I'm murderous. I'm just saying. No, not that I'm murderous. No. It's all Tony <laughs> Stark. It's all Tony Stark. There. So. I, I, t- I tell my mom about that. Be like, how many people did you kill? What? What? I'm right. calling the police. No, mom. mom, mom, mom. Hundreds. Hundreds, mom. mom. Countless. Countless Mother, lives. First off, first off, they got in the way of my bank robbing. What? What? There's <laughs> so much to explain here. Hey, no, never mind. Never mind. I'm a good I had boy. to put him uh, to a meat grinder just to fit him in the trunk. God. And I and hate I when their shoes get stuck in there. Man. Do you realize how many prostitutes I had to pull out first? <laughs> wow. Things that video games make us say. So. <laughs> hey, don't worry, Mom. I ran her over. I still have my money. <laughs> Do you know a but... good cleaning service by any chance? Right. <laughs> Got some good cleaners over there, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, a really cool, really, you know, really cool mod there. Uh, you know, to go check out and everything. So you know, as, as Robert mentioned there, go check it out at comicbook.com/gaming, uh, and uh, definitely check out the video for yourself. It's uh, it's really really neat stuff, especially if you're if you're an Overwatch fan. So, and um, speaking of Overwatch, let's get to the part of the show called "What Do You Plan?" We get you into the games we've all been playing or have recently beat. Uh, so obviously I've been playing like a bit of Overwatch, but I'll get to the rest of my games, uh, like, I guess like last and everything as we normally do. So with you being our special guest here, Eric, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? Yeah, I, you know, I've been playing a little bit of Breath of the Wild still. I haven't gotten over it yet. I realize it's kind of lame and way behind. Oh man. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've also been playing a twin stick shooter called Neon Chrome. Oh yeah. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that one. Yeah, but it's a good it's, one. If you enjoy Hotline Miami but wish it had more of a sci-fi roguelike feel, 
that that's that's one that I've been playing and really enjoying. It's uh, but really the one I'm really starting at just last night to dig into is Avernum Three. I don't know if either of you know the Avernum series. It used to be the Exile series, and it's been kind of relaunched in isometric 3D, but it's still very much an old school RPG. I think I heard of it like when it was uh, yeah, but when it was like the, you know the, like the older title and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a completely a one man show. It, it's as indie as it gets. And I, you have to understand, my love for the series comes from just being like a teenager who discovered one of those, you know, 300 games on one CD, you know, all the shareware days. Yep. And Exile 3 was the one that stuck out in my mind. And it was just a demo, just very limited. But I, I played I, hours of it. And so this one, people have been waiting for it for years and years after he redid the last one. So it's called Avernum 3 Ruined World. I've been playing it on Steam cannot recommend it enough i'll just warn you that there is a little bit of a learning curve i want to write a whole article on how this series handles pacing differently than anything else i've ever played i love it maybe you won't but that's what i've been playing cool nice awesome how about you there robert Uh, i've been working on a few games that i've gotten since last week i've been working on a kind of class or iconoclasts rather um mm-hmm. really cool uh side-scrolling platform adventure really well told story as well as celeste on nintendo switch which ah, yes. is amazing i Very love it things. my review will be finished soon and i am almost finished with shadow of the colossus it's beautiful absolutely love it on ps4 but a new game i've been playing lately is called crossing souls ah, um, yes. i can't i can't drops. give a re- yeah, yeah, yeah. Demo's available now. Uh, it's an interesting story about 80s kids that um, discover this tool that allows them to see souls of the undead, pretty much. And yeah. it, it's a very emotional story. I can't really go into detail because I'm kind of under embargo. But, I mean, if you enjoy stuff like Stranger Things or 80s-style sci-fi, it, it's got great 80s animation to it, uh, terrific soundtrack and everything so far, and lots of fun gameplay. You swap between characters, and they actually acknowledge you're swapping between because you have to meld into one person to be like, Wait a minute. What just happened? <laughs> Are you in me? Wait a minute. No, yeah, but it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I'll talk more about it in detail next week once the embargo lifts. But definitely check cool. out the demo. It's available for PlayStation 4 and PC, I believe. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, I actually downloaded the uh, the demo. I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. Uh, but I am super, super intrigued by it, especially like when it starts up and it gives the kind of like the uh, VHS scratchy kind of effect, like when it starts up and everything. It's It's really, really neat. Uh, so as far as what I've been playing, I mentioned there with Overwatch, so the, the quest for Platinum continues uh, in that. So um, aside from that, also playing a bit of Dragon Ball as well. I actually got to play a good amount of Dragon Ball Fighters um, during the uh, the Super Bowl party I was at. Because uh, you know, oh, nice. I, I got there like early, and we were all just kind of just playing, you know, playing Dragon Ball, like a whole bunch of us just being the nerdy weebs that we are. So it's like playing that. <laughs> and uh, of, of course, I had to kind of bust out um, my uh, my Android 16 and doing that uh, invincible level three grab that basically goes through everything, and he just kind of like, grabs you out of out of everything. So uh, I had like my uh, my buddy, like he was playing a cell and he was doing his level three, and uh, I basically just kind of caught him with that. It's just like. That's bullshit. <laughs> and uh, we, we were barely on speaking terms since then. So, but uh, it's, it's, it's been like a lot of fun, definitely, with Dragon Ball. And uh, also, aside from that, too, uh, you know, like with my um, – I've been going through Super Mario World recently, as I mentioned before. So, um, you know, I, I went through the whole Star Road and, like, you know, turned, like, the map into a basically kind of fall and everything, which is really neat. Uh, just really cool kind of Easter egg kind of effect there uh, that the Nintendo added in the game. And, um, yeah, like, right now I'm at the uh, – I believe I'm at the Sunken Pirate Ship right now. It's, like, by that – 
um, what's it called, the stone, like, Bowser monument or whatever. Uh, so I'm at that part of the game. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, a lot of fun. And uh, I actually kind of started um, playing around with the uh, SNES Classic, which I have as well, and, um, you know, playing around with, like, some uh, some mods on that stuff. So I should hopefully have some more classic games that I'll be getting, uh, you know, getting my grubby hands on uh, very, very soon. So a lot, a lot of nice. retro gaming in the future for sure. Uh, so before we move on with the rest of the show, I do have a game code here to give away. This is for Rocking Pilot on Steam. So Rocking Pilot is a 2D arena twin stick shooter, as we mentioned twin stick shooters there, Eric, uh, is heavily inspired by the Metal Slug series and Geometry Wars, in which the player takes the role of a volunteering pilot whose mind has been telepathically connected with a futuristic war helicopter. So if that sounds like your jam, definitely jump on this. Uh, Again, this is for Steam. The code is L9YX84LKC9GMLCT. Again, that's Rocking Pilot on Steam. Enjoy. So with that, we have the Stage of History, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot, for better or for worse, in the pantheons of history. So I figure since we're going to be talking about uh, religion in video games and everything, we kind of like pull up some, some games that uh, speaks to that, uh, starting off with Super 3D Noah's Ark. So this is a 1994 first-person shooter by Wisdom Tree. It was the only commercially it was the only commercially released SNES game in the U.S. that was not officially sanctioned by Nintendo. It was originally conceived as a licensed game for the NES based on the movie Hellraiser with the game rights bought for $50,000, which totally blew my mind when I learned about that. And uh, the cartridge cost, uh, the release of Doom, and and uh, Wisdom Tree wanting to uphold their Christian family-friendly reputation resulted in the project being flipped to the Noah's Ark theme. Uh, so yeah, um, Eric, I was kind of curious right off the bat. Have you played Super 3 Noah's Ark? I have not played it. Okay. There you go. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, one of those curious uh, games. Like, do I really want to put the money down on this? It's sort of like when the Bible came came out for PlayStation Two and Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, I don't know. There have been like a few of these kind of like Bible games for sure. Like especially from Wisdom Tree, I know. Like um, like on the NES and everything. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys? Do you guys remember a few years ago there was actually a re-release? The original rights holder, the the, the kind of the last woman standing over at Wisdom Tree release this whole new box with the art on it yeah. and the whole new instruction manual. Yeah. And I think it was a case. I, I remember when that went down. I never I never actually, you know, plopped down the money to buy the thing, but it's 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 definitely a curious item in gaming history for sure. Yeah, it's. I was wondering if the cartridge actually worked because I know like they did a Street Fighter Two special edition. Only the cartridge didn't work in the Super NES, or or I think it did. It was just a risk, like a fire risk, because it wasn't an official Super NES cartridge. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the controversy. There was some like like like, like overheating issues with it. I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was wondering if the re-release worked because that's the thing. It's like if it's not an official Nintendo cartridge, you're kind of taking a risk, you know. For sure. Yeah, for sure. like, what was that, a donor cart being used? Because I know the molding was different. I remember looking at the images and comparing at the time, but I could <laughs> never confirm for myself. Yeah. Um, I would but... love to hear, is there a listener who actually did play Super Noah 3D Arc? I, I'm, I'm sure someone has. I mean, like, I, I actually play, like, a little bit of, of it myself, just out of, like, uh, you know, out of, out of morbid curiosity. And uh, it's essentially just uh, just Wolfenstein 3D. Like it's it is legit the Wolfenstein 3D engine, <laughs> but with like you know with like goats and like ostriches and other animals and stuff in a uh, arc like setting as opposed to the castle like setting in, in the Wolfenstein. 
And, yep. um, you know, instead of like using guns and stuff, you're using, uh, basically like, um, basically kind of like a slingshot that shoots like uh, food that makes them go to sleep instead of mm-hmm. actually killing them and stuff. So, um, so it, it, that's pretty interesting. Like, you know, I, I played a little bit of it. It's just, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's just kind of like a Wolfenstein clone, but it has like the, the, the distinction of being like a uh, religious themed game and everything. Uh, but the fact that it was actually, re- or, you know, it was originally going to be a Hellraiser game just I, like again, that just blew my mind. It was it was going to be like again, like kind of like a Wolfenstein clone, but with Hellraiser. Uh, but yeah, again, like apparently there was kind of like a number of different factors that ended up not having that come to light. Instead, flipping the switch and go with the with the whole uh, Noah's Ark theme uh, was really interesting. But I'm kind of curious that just you know to have seen in an alternate universe what what that would have looked like to have a Hellraiser. Uh, oh yeah, the the irony game. there is irresistible. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so the, that's Super 3D Noah's Ark. And uh, so next up is God of War. So ah. this is a 2005 hack-and-slash action-adventure game by Santa Monica Studios. Its success has led to seven more games comprised of both sequels and prequels. A film... Including the one coming in April, too. That's right. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, a film adaptation has been in development since 2005. And game director, what? yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been kind of like off and on, but it's, it's always kind of makes like those news and everything. Probably and, starring Hugh Jackman or something. Uh, probably. <laughs> um, and game director David Jaffe mentioned during an interview that the idea for God of War largely came from playing the Capcom title Onimusha and was quoted in saying, "Let's do that with Greek mythology." <laughs> so, mm-hmm. kind of give you an idea nice. as far as like the thinking, like when the when the game was in development. Um, but yeah, like I, I'll just kind of say right, right off the bat, I do love the God of War franchise. I, I think it's you know just really really cool, uh, especially when God of War Two came around and it just became mm-hmm. uh, even kind of bigger in scope and more cinematic and like just the just the settings, the backdrops and everything is just like amazing, especially with the camera work. I, I, I just love how cinematic like the games kind of get uh, you know time after time. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was really cool, like how it played around with adult themes, but didn't go overboard. Like the sex well, mini game, you, yeah. you didn't even see what was you didn't see what was happening, but you had to follow the motions well. and knock stuff off the table. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but let's, you be, can, let's be honest. Yeah. It was about the combat. It was about ripping a serpent in half yeah. or stabbing a flagpole or something like that. But the sex mini game was because this is in the post era of hot coffee, <laughs> so yeah. they didn't actually show anything. But you could tell something was happening with the two ladies. I mean, <laughs> I mean, nobody's being dishonest there. It is God of War. It's it it's is. not God of Peace. It's not God of you know Ad- the Amish yeah. people. It's God of It's not God of countryside. Yeah, <laughs> the god of 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 apathy in that case. So, um, but uh, yeah, like uh, you know, with like with like the sex scenes, uh, like in particular, since you did have to mention there, Robert, uh, they did kind of get more and more over the top. We'll say as like the series went on. Uh, but but the action was absolutely like a lot of fun. It, it kind of reminded me a lot of um, of like Devil May Cry in a lot of ways, but just. Um, I don't know, just like with kind of different feel of it, with it and everything, especially with like the fact that you're, you, you know, you're wielding kind of like the, uh, was it the chains of uh, chaos or whatever it's called, the chains of yeah. Athena, whatever. Blades of chaos. The blades of chaos, chaos yeah. Blades and uh, just just swinging around like just chain blades and everything. It's just really really cool and just awesome combat, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. So, uh, so yeah, then definitely really cool and definitely led to like a super successful franchise that uh, we're still seeing today, and super excited for that new one for sure. So. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and it's funny you mentioned that because. 
because for Obscura, I wanted to choose a game that I really think hit home when it came to like its religious overtones. I know we're talking about like mainly older games, but if we're going to talk about games that took religious themes to the next level, I have to bring up Dante's Inferno. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dante's Inferno is a game that came out in 2010. It was uh, developed by Viscoral Games, who sadly closed down last year. Uh, It was published by Electronic Arts. Uh, The team went all out with a bizarre marketing campaign. You guys might remember this. I don't know if you were at E3 or not, but they had fake protesters basically saying, go to hell or anything like that with different signs <laughs> indicating that as well as like uh, they they sent these weird giveaways they sent a series of packages to different to different uh, media people including veronica belmont and yahtzee from uh, obviously zero punctuation it's a small wooden box when when opened it kept playing the song never gonna give you up and the only way that you could shut it off is by smashing the box with the included hammer <laughs> and then afterwards it would tell you that there was a note that indicated that you had given into wrath Nice. (laughs) But the game itself was a God of War clone. Uh, It had you playing a hero that was chasing his beloved Beatrice, his wife, who was murdered and dragged to hell. So basically he goes through all these layers of hell, taking on demons, admonishing or or, um, desecrating souls along the way to earn new abilities. And it had a final boss with a giant... uh, dick whatever i'm just gonna say <laughs> basically yeah. around on his business so yeah. the game did not hold back with its mature themes or its religion but it was actually based loosely based rather on inferno the first canticle of dante Alighieri's divine comedy yes. so it actually is based on an actual religious theme and you know visceral games i guess they were trying to go for their own variation of god of war with the game and it worked you know the game ran at 60 frames per second it was fun to play when you weren't getting pounded about oh we're in hell we're in hell hey we're in hell you know be like yeah i get it i get it we're in hell but you know um the gameplay was fun the the stages were varied the boss battles were a good time but i you know it's just bizarre like ea went all out saying this was actually bigger than dante's inferno there was actually a super bowl ad they produced a super bowl ad with the song ain't no sunshine till she's gone (laughs) i remember that too yeah yeah yeah, it was bizarre you know but (laughs) the game actually didn't sell as well as anticipated you know it got great reviews but i think it only sold like maybe about 500,000 copies at launch and then it only did a little more past that and that kind of marked the beginning of the end for Viscral Dead Space through 2 and 3 didn't sell as well either and it kind of sucks because they're really they were a really talented studio you know but I'll tell you this game pounded you over the head with religious themes like you know he the hero has a cross like woven into his chest he did it himself <laughs> it, it, like a like a blood cross or something like that to show oh, his holy oath to his wife and stuff. And you, you that Kratos had problems. Yeah, yeah. this this guy, yeah. child. But um, it, it's it's a unique game. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it went a little overboard when it came to like its religion and everything like that. But I, I think it resonated. It resonates now with people who are kind of missed out when it launched, when it missed all its controversy and everything. I mean, have either of you guys played it? I haven't played it, but I definitely get the feel for what you're saying. It's almost like it's trying so hard to be edgy. It's like, oh, what can we do? Yeah. Oh, you're in hell. It oh, kind of was. Kind of was. Yeah. yeah, it's overreaching. Sort of like when um, State of Emergency came out after Grand Theft Auto 3 and they were going for the, oh, we're going to kill everybody. This is an awesome game. No, <laughs> you don't get the point. You, yeah. you don't get it. <laughs> and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that affected the sales as well. Like if like the whole, like if like the religious themes, like kind of like beating you over the head with them, kind of like, you know, kind of turned some people off. Uh, but 
but even like I, I feel like at, um, you know as well like it kind of speaks with the times like with the success of God of War and you start to see these God of War like clones uh, start to come out so I think it may be part of it too is just oversaturation of the market with that style of game um, may have like something to do with it although something else that to, um, to, uh, to kind of like praise the game on actually is the music actually because like the music is largely done by uh, Gary Scheiman who is the same composer did, uh, did Bioshock and, uh, right. you know, the music in that is amazing, too. He's just, like, a great composer in general. And, uh, yeah, some, you know, so some, really cool, uh, some really cool music, too, like in Dante's Inferno. kind of, like, uh, really kind of takes you into, uh, like, into hell and back, I guess, in a sense. So uh, that was kind of like the whole idea of it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool music. And uh, certainly, you know, certainly kind of like a cool game to kind of go check out, and, uh, especially if you're kind of, like, itching for uh, God of War-like action-adventure-style t- type of game. Um, but, yeah, some, some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I mean... Like I said, though, I just wish they hadn't tried so hard to hammer the theme home. It, it could have easily taken place in hell and maybe not just have a, ch- a chest with a cross on it. I, that's <laughs> you know a bit what, over. I, I think you're onto something. What we really need is a game that's really subtle about hell. <laughs> just, so that's just, what we need. That's a challenge right there for you. Try and figure yeah. that one out. Oh boy, you know I, I'm not Miss Girl. I can't say. <laughs> yeah. Although th- th- there is like a game coming out uh, very soon, and um, I'm trying to remember the name of it now, but like it, it actually has you in hell, and it's kind of taking like a very, I don't know, I guess like realistic approach to like if you were actually in hell and kind of like taking these hmm. concepts of what hell would be like. Like it's, it's, it's almost very abstract in a lot of ways, but you're basically kind of navigating your way through different layers of hell and like. I don't know, it's it's almost like a walking simulator actually in a lot of ways. I'm like trying to remember. I think it's I think it's called Agony if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, but uh, it's a really like visually amazing looking game, and um, def- definitely go check it out. Like if uh, you know if you get you know just kind of check out like on Google or whatever. Um, but, yeah, if you check out, I think it's. Yeah, I'm just gonna like check real quick here just. Uh, you know what? While you're checking that, that, the uh, South Park Nintendo 64 game kind of felt like you were in hell because you faced the same <laughs> old robotic turkeys <laughs> and you pissed on snowballs and kept hitting Kenny. That's and true. <laughs> same thing happened over and over again, and y- even Trey Parker and Matt Stone thought that was hell. Yeah. So, oh yeah. And then of course there was Chef's Love Shack. Yeah. Then it was Chef's Love Shack, and that was really hell. So Chef's, I, I... <laughs> Chef's Love Shack is his own special layer of hell for sure. And then um, South Park Rally, which is the road to hell. Yeah, much. that's true. That's true. Um, so, so Agony is the name of that game. So, so definitely go check it out. It actually uh, has a release date here of March 30th this year. So, um, it's coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Windows. So, uh, yeah. And that wraps up uh, Obscura. We'll see you in hell. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, so we're, we're going to go from hell to back. Actually, we're going to go into like, our main topic here, uh, which is going to be basically uh, covering like the uh, portrayal and censorship of, uh, of like, religion uh, in retro gaming, uh, especially like with Nintendo, because like, Nintendo has kind of been very like notorious for this uh, back in the 90s anyway. Uh, oh, so yeah. Like, the 8 and 16-bit era where they did kind of have like a very – uh, no religion stance basically for any games are going to be on their platforms. Uh, and obviously Nintendo, like kind of like being, uh, like, they kind of monopolized like the, the, uh, the market in a lot of ways back then. So, uh, you know, the, the, like a lot of these, like, you know, a lot of these companies or studios, whatever, like had to kind of like figure out, it's like, okay, well we want to kind of like have the, this type of game, but we need to kind of work around like what, what it is that Nintendo wants and doesn't want in their games. So, um, so kind of like starting off with that, uh, there was like, you know, like a no religion policy, as I mentioned, like enforced likely from not wanting to like offend Western audiences basically. Cause like, I know like over in Japan, they're a lot looser as far as like, I don't know, not really caring about like, you know, Christian symbols and games and not being like, so, 
uh, right. I guess like you know high up on it basically for it. Um, so that you know, so there are, there obviously had to be like some changes when uh, when porting over to the West. Um, there's also uh, Christian style uh, crosses in games like uh, like Castlevania, Super Ghosts and Ghosts, and, yeah, Super, Super Ghosts and Ghosts. Ghosts yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Like would be replaced by uh, by onks instead. So like onks, uh, you know, just. Like they they have some religious context, but not nearly to the effect as like as you know as like a like you know, not quite the same culture. Yeah, no. I mean exactly. Ninten- Nintendo standards at the time. I mean, not just religion. I mean, they covered a lot of things too. Like in Punch Out, uh, there was a character Soda Popimski. His original name was Vodka Drunkinski. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Bionic Commando. They changed Hitler to was it Master D or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they, they made a lot exactly of changes. The same though. I know, right? (laughs) But this was Nintendo at its most nervous. But I can imagine, like, religion being, like, right up there. Because they just wanted people to have fun with games and not, like, you know, oh, a cross or something like that. Sort of, yeah. Which is kind of weird and backwards. Mm -hmm. Follow me on a little journey here, because I'm going to go out there a little bit. (laughs) All right. But in American American culture, uh, I understand not wanting to offend Christians, but on the other hand, you have a lot of industries that would very willingly kind of almost pander to the Christian ethos. You talk about the Protestant work ethic and God bless the USA. And you have all these ideas of the waspy household with their 2.5 children. And there's definitely this underlying current of mainstream religious church attending America that any other industry would gladly kind of pay homage to. And here comes Nintendo. They're like, actually, no, we don't want the crosses in there. We we don't want to put that in there. We we want. I just think if they could have twisted it a little bit, they could have had a completely different message and well, a completely different result, and been like, actually, yeah, our games have crosses in them. Check it out. You know, here's the thing. Yeah, why not? When when Nintendo got started with the NES, the idea was to appeal mostly to children. You know, like children are going to be, oh, it's Mario Brothers. Yeah, parents go and buy the system and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think the whole point was when it was trying to cater to its ideal audience, it wasn't thinking of religious-based themes. It was thinking of a general audience. And they they knew, like, um, you know, some people weren't into the religious themes. So I think in looking at the market, because you have to also have to wonder, this was the time that the video game home market was dead. Atari backed That's out true. in 83 and everything like that. So Nintendo had to step carefully in terms of how to cater to these audiences. They couldn't and, be they couldn't be like, you know, offering variations like MTV like here's Striper, you know, uh, the, and their music. <laughs> yeah. By the way, go look that band up if you want to trip back in time. Uh, <laughs> I understand what you mean because some of their choices definitely reflect that like the fact that Devil World didn't get released. There, there's not a lot of ways you can dress up a game called Devil World, you know. Yeah, that's not one you can sanitize. Real and well. I, I think I think like Nintendo like kind of wanted to go with that uh, that whole milk toast, I guess, kind of like approach is kind of like more of like a like a better safe than sorry kind of thing. Like we just don't yeah. want any controversy around whatsoever. We want to keep things as family friendly and as universal as possible with all of our games, which mm-hmm. uh, was certainly a very broad strokes kind of way of, of, of viewing it. But like since like Nintendo was pretty much like the only game or really the main game in town as far as like gaming was concerned, like back in the eight, you know, eight and 16 bit eras, uh, you know, like a lot, a lot of studios just kind of had to comply, just kind of go by it. Um, along with like all the other kind of, um, 
I don't know, kind of like crazy rules that they were like, you know, like, um, you know, like enforce basically on like studios uh, that would kind of force like, say, like uh, Konami, for example, to branch out like into ultra games as well in order to kind of release right. more games and stuff. Uh, just like all sorts of kind of crazy rules like that, but certainly like, the the religious rules, uh, the no religion rules basically was, was kind of like a huge one. Even kind of down, like, you know, kind of like, you know, to continue on with the whole cross theme and everything uh, to not even have any sort of like red crosses that would actually denote like for... Um, uh, for like hospitals and things like that so oh yeah, yeah. you know like like anything with like a cross pretty much is like just like a big no-no because like it, what what if it gets perceived as like a you know as like the christian cross and everything so uh that was kind of like a huge oh, deal blasphemous yeah it, exactly yeah and, 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 see, and, and speaking of blasphemous actually there was also like with uh with final fantasy 4 with the um there's like a magic spell called holy and they actually renamed it to just white <laughs> so like, yeah the power of white thing um, there was actually in the Nintendo version of Earthbound, in the North American version, um, a few of the game's materials got edited down from the Japanese version. Um, there were fewer fewer references to death, and uh, a punishment is changed from spanking to loss of dessert, I guess, instead of being spanked. I don't know. And the phrase, die and go to hell, was replaced with, I'll smash your guts out, which is Way better, obviously. Right, yeah. Um, a lot more family-friendly, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this was at a time when Nintendo was real. I mean, you know, like, uh, Yamauchi, he, he ran a tight ship. If you didn't want religion in video games, you just changed things around. I mean, it did. It wasn't the end of the world. I think, it was what was it? Mortal Kombat. People really started to notice when Nintendo's censorship really went overboard. When the blood was taken out oh, and yeah. replaced sweats. Let's These guys sweat. are sweating an awful lot. Look <laughs> at all that sweat. My God. Sweat, sweat to the He's oldies. sweating during an uppercut. My God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my gosh sorry my gosh my gosh <laughs> my gosh my god exactly yeah but that, that's kind of the big thing like there, there could be no references to god no references to like you know kind of heaven and hell really or, or like if there was a reference to like a hell or like demons or anything like that it had to be flipped to at least like you know angels and something like nicer more pleasant right. in some ways um, which does make me yeah. wonder about a game like the original legend of zelda how the cross remained on the shield all this time and that's a big one actually right there actually because i, I was, yeah. I was, I was going to get into like as far as like where certain religious like um like themes or content kind of like got pushed in some ways mm-hmm. and like that, that's kind of showed like how inconsistent that nintendo was uh in certain games and i i guess it would you know wouldn't be like a big surprise for like one of their first party games to have some more leniency on the rules i guess in that sense uh because like you know there was like with the uh the, the two nes games like for zelda like uh, you know the legend of zelda and zelda to the adventure of link uh where um where like link shield had like a had like the cross symbol on it mm-hmm. um and even in uh in in the zelda 2 he actually had a cross as like a usable item like something he could actually use and it was, it right. was very plain as day like the christian cross too like there, there was no denying it yeah i think they just brushed it off as part of his outfit at the time they didn't really say in the, like in the instruction manual i think he was having religion or everything like that i think they just considered it part of his look and yeah, they certainly didn't put a spotlight on it they just kind of let it slide here is like yeah, well, what are, what are people going to think about this? Is anyone going to notice? Ah, let's find out. Let's not make a big deal of it. Let's not let's not shine a bright light on it, make a lot of noise, but see what yeah. happens. Yeah, because like Christianity didn't exist in the Zelda universe or anything, but it was pretty clear that Christianity had an impact as far as like the overall world and like how I don't know, like w- like what the people were like actually like in Hyrule and everything. Because you even mm-hmm. went as far as like with uh, with like a link to the past on the SNES. Uh, where they actually had uh, some artwork of uh, of Link kneeling in prayer before a crucifix. I don't, I don't know if you guys like see, you know seen that artwork before, uh, but it's it used for for promotion for the game itself. 
Yeah, and wasn't Link to the Past, even the original title, I think, had, what is it, like the God of the Triforce? Yes, exactly. They, okay. had, they, 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 they looked to kind of like change that again to kind of keep with the whole rules of like not having the um, the kind of Christian yeah, themes and everything. So Yeah, if you, if you want to take references to God out of your literature, uh, the title is a pretty prominent place. It doesn't get much bigger than that. They had exactly. no choice there. For sure, for sure. But um, yeah, so you know, a, lot of, a lot of interesting ones there too. Like even with um, you know, the guy, you know, kind of keep it like the SNES anyway. Uh, with ActRaiser, because like with, with ActRaiser, you are essentially playing as God, and mm-hmm. um, you, you're you're basically going going you know going against like the devil and everything. And uh, I think even uh, at least at the end of the Japanese version of the game, anyway, you are revealed to be uh, at least like your name is God <laughs> and everything. Like you know, your character's <laughs> name is God, uh, but that's renamed to just Master. In uh, in in the uh, North yes. American release, which I actually think is a little bit smoother. Actually, I am master. A little bit, know. yeah. And uh, you know, even like kind of changing like the um, the like antagonist name to uh, to the evil one as opposed to being like Satan or whatever. So yeah, um, it was just really interesting. And also with um, there's Final Fantasy Legend, which is on Game Boy. Uh, that that actually had a final boss fight where you actually went up against God himself, <laughs> which is pretty interesting because like God basically makes mention about. Um, basically being the reason why the big bad in the game up until that point uh, was even, like, loose in the world or whatever, and he did it just to kind mm-hmm. of, like, F around with the human race, more or less. Yeah, um, and, and, I uh, mean, the, the whole story of that game follows... You're, you're climbing this impossibly tall tower, and there's definitely... The tower, of tower of Babel. Yeah, yeah, right, the illusion is there. Yeah, and, like, uh, you because you, you, I remember, like, uh, like instead of actually calling him God and everything, like, it, like just called him Creator, which is, I mean, there, there's not much of a difference there, really, but yeah, aside from how... Over, exactly, it's more poetic. It's not as overtly Christian in that sense, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely really interesting. And um, even, like, with the games that didn't end up coming to uh, to the States, uh, actually, spe- you know, specifically for, like, their re- religious themes, uh, were, like, the uh, the Famicom Megami Tensei games, which is kind of, like, the, what, what would eventually kind of spin off into the Persona games, later on and everything there's all under atlas mm-hmm. uh, where oh, where the the actual themes of the games themselves like you know there's so many like religious themes in the game Just itself dripping that, with it exactly yeah, like the, 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 there was no way to actually like release it without having those <laughs> themes in there so they they just decided not to release them in, in the u.s so this is this is kind of interesting in super mario rpg do you know in the japanese version bowser gives somebody the middle finger yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> I did not know that. I can just imagine it be like, "Fuck you, Mario." Because uh, like the middle finger, like like the the middle finger means nothing in Japan. Like that's not right, like. But a over thing. here, obviously, a lot better meaning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's, it's kind of like the um uh, the like Seinfeld skit and everything. It's like what it's like. What you're supposed to show me a finger? I'm supposed to feel bad? Like I, I'll get that. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I'm reading on here, and I'll tell you one game you wouldn't think would change too much because of religion and certain themes final fight um now the game's original bosses were called damned and sodom but they were renamed thrasher and katana in the u.s version (laughs) and i think two of the transgender enemy characters poison and roxy they're replaced by two males dressed the same ironically uh billy and sid and then when your car is destroyed and everything like that, instead of saying, oh, my God, he says, oh, my car. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, he doesn't say car. He says, oh, my car. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of like a cutoff so, so you don't hear that hard D, basically. So it's oh, like, right. oh, yeah, saying <laughs> That's, that's what they did. They it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because if you want to remain family friendly, you have to avoid the hard D. Exactly. Yeah. The hard D. Exactly. <laughs> Compared to the soft D. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I guess that's not family friendly either. But. Yeah, so many lewd jokes that kind of lead into that, but we'll we'll, we'll spare you all from that. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we we could be here all night. Let's not do that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, although it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of surprising, like how much they edited and how many things they thought would be offensive. Like you yeah. know, I think I think Bowser flipping off Mario would have been the greatest thing in the world. Should have done it in Mario Odyssey. Well, especially in a game that was already breaking so many series conventions, that would have been the perfect time to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm amazed at how long Nintendo did this stuff. I mean, they 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 were at this for 10, 15 years. Because even when you get to the games in 3D and you get to Ocarina of Time, where they're they're changing the chanting and the symbols because they might be related to, you know, now it's Muslim iconography. And, yes. I mean, this is this is for GameCube re-releases. I mean, this is four generations of games that they were doing this. It's incredible. Even more yeah. recently, too, with um, with like Little Big Planet, I know, like had that whole controversy with like uh, kind of like Muslim chanting and everything that was like you know you know like found out basically like from uh, from like Muslim groups basically it's like hey you 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 have like this specific chant like in your game we consider mm-hmm. that offensive you need to kind of take it out and it became like this whole big thing where like um, you know where like the studio behind Super Giant Games decided you know had or sorry Super Little Big Planet <laughs> had to uh, had to kind of like take it out and everything I'm getting my games and my studios mixed up um, one unlikely game that, uh, that I found uh, that actually had censorship because of, re- of religious reasons uh, was Um Jammer Lammy which is that follow up to uh, the Parappa the Rapper um, it actually had a sequence where Um Jammer Lammy herself dies and goes to hell. And so she has to basically, like, you know, musically get her way out of hell, basically. Oh, of course. Um, which, uh, I mean, like, you know, for, like, a game as, like, lighthearted as um, Jammer Lammy being part of the Parappa the Rapper universe and everything, uh, I guess it's, like, a little shocking, I guess, in some cases, like, with that. Uh, but, but certainly very kind of daring in that case. And I know they kind of rewrote that whole scene for the North American release uh, where instead of, uh, was it, she, like, slipped on a banana peel and, like, basically knocked herself out and died because <laughs> of it or whatever. And, uh, you know, so she, she goes to hell and everything. But instead, in the North American release, she, um, was it, she gets, like, stuck in a door or something. It gets, like, slingshotted to, like, some island software somewhere or something. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's something like that. But uh, I, I just remember, like, she, like, at least in the original version, she, like, dies. She goes to hell. And so she has to, like, basically jam her way out of hell basically so you know to their credit i could imagine american groups getting really pissed off about that for whatever reason yeah like there there are people out there who will throw a fit and make a big stink out of it even though they don't play video games they'll just see that and be like oh it's corrupting the minds of the children i mean people are still out there i I mean with with, with the coverage of like mass effect on like fox news is like a very like good example of that honestly sure you know just Mm -hmm. you'll just kind of take like one thing like out of context and like just kind of like paint the broad strokes is like well this is video games kids play video games this is not acceptable it's like mm-hmm. our youth and all that stuff so um so it, it oh. is it's kind of interesting but like with um jammer lammy i can see that being more of an issue just because of the very nature of the game itself so, oh man yeah. um, i'm reading about this one example of censorship here this is actually kind of interesting zombies ate my neighbors was supposed to be a lot bloodier uh, the North American version, the blood was replaced with purple ooze. And you know what? I think it works better for the game because it's more of a cheesy sci-fi thing. Yeah. I can't imagine Zombies sense, Ate yeah. My Neighbors where there's bloodshed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially, like, because you spend half the game squirting them with a water gun. Like, uh, is yeah. it an acid gun now? Like, what are we doing? Right. They're melting baby dolls. Okay, perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> so sure. I guess in some cases I can understand it because obviously you don't want the the game to be too heavily themed and that kind of ties in with them jammer lammy because that i think including that stage probably would have bummed out a lot of people yeah yeah you'd have to really make it almost too clear that you're playing it up 
as like some kind of extremist irony for laughs, you know, like, oh, haha, we're in this happy-go-lucky world, and oh, now we're not, oh, we're in hell, oh, hilarious, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's going to fly over a lot of people's heads doing that. What a twist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot, lot of like interesting like, examples of that, but certainly the kind, I feel like Nintendo kind of like takes like a big a big bulk of that anyway. And um, I, I was kind of curious like from your stance there, Eric, as far as like, I guess what you, what you yourself, like, you know, being like a devout Christian yourself and everything, what was kind of like, I guess like that, uh, that line that you draw as far as like what is and isn't acceptable in video games as far as like religious content. Sure. It's a funny thing because even just last week, like I had a couple of private discussions with people because on Twitter I was tweeting like this weird alien sex story. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, like, and it was nothing explicit. So I had to make clear, like, I'm not, I'm not writing erotica over here. And so when it comes to like my gaming, I'll be really honest. Um, as far as religious content, I personally, as a Christian, I'm not offended unless it's explicitly anti-Jesus. Mm. Like, if someone comes on the screen and they, like, I, I wouldn't even feel comfortable, like, going through an example in this conversation here. But if, if a character came on screen and he's like, hey, I, I hate Jesus. Like, that, I'd have to be like, well, excuse me? Like, right. Excuse me? Really, like, that, there, there's such oh, a broad gulf and a deep valley oh, between man. that and just, like, a generic, like, oh, we're talking about God. We have an angel and demon thematic element going on. Mm. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not bothered by that. That's been used as a storytelling device for plenty of lessons, good and bad, on either side. Um, I'm more uncomfortable, like, if I'm playing a game and my wife walks in and there's some scantily clad lady whose boobs jiggle a little bit much. Like, mm. well, that's noticeable. that makes me more uncomfortable than most religious content. I mean, that's... Maybe that's just me personally. It's it's a question worth asking. If you dig into any Christian hard enough and deep enough, eventually you get to a point where you're looking around wondering if any video game where you simulate murder is really something you should be playing. Is this really the best ethical, spiritually uplifting Christian thing I could be doing with my life right now? You have to be at peace with that. So when you truly ask what's going to offend me, what what's really blasphemous, it it does have to be pretty specific. It, it, yeah, it, it does seem to be kind of like a very, um, I guess, kind of like personal question. You, I guess, like each person has to ask themselves, like whether you are a person of faith or not. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like whether it is, um, I guess, kind of like a good use of your time, and whether it's like something that you can. I guess, like, whether or not you can, like, play something that is, like, so overly violent. Like, you know, so say if you are playing, you know, with, with, like, God of War, for example, which is, like, a very, very violent game. Um, sure. But you are, like, a person who um, is a very, like, a, very much of a, of a pacifist in real life. I think, you know, for anyone, like, you could certainly separate the two things, like, where you kind of get your jollies off on, on, like, a work of fiction that, you know, does exhibit that level of violence and just live, like, a, you know, holy, like, pious life pretty much in real life. Yeah. Mm, I think there's a line. I think, you know, if your game has violence, but you have purpose in regards to it, that's, I mean, like the God of War series, amazing series, but excessively violent, you know, some people complain about the carnage or the sex or whatever off screen. But the fact of the matter is they're well-made games. They're amazing action games and everything right. like that. And even Grand Theft Auto V, I'm running down over a, a hooker, but I'm making money. <laughs> right. And it's obviously not a real hooker. But then you play a game like, say, Hatred. Where the whole goal of the game is to murder innocent people. Yeah, I think that game pushed way too much of a line to be like it didn't have any reason for the violence except to make you feel like, oh yeah, this is this is what you get when you fuck with me. No, that, that it's the wrong <laughs> kind of game and everything like that. And you know, right. 
there's there's that that line in regards to you have to justify why this character is ripping somebody in half. If if you just have him go out just to be a violent dick or whatever, that's one. But if you have a character going out like to save a girl or or, or to destroy the man who avenges him or have something some sort of backstory that explains why he's driven such violence, yeah. it makes a little more sense. It has a backbone to it instead of just going, "Well, I'm a fucking maniac." Well, there's like context to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Splatterhouse. The only reason he's shredding everybody to pieces because his girlfriend got captured. Otherwise, he'd be a perfectly normal mask-wearing lunatic. Whatever. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah. Does, does <laughs> it, the violence serve the gameplay? Does it make sense in context? And does it provide the player with a release instead of making them feel like, okay, maybe this is the answer? Because I think I, I know what the developers of Hatred were trying to do, but I just I, I can't imagine why they would do it. It's the execution yeah. that kind of failed in that game, I feel like. Oh, don't say execution. Please. Well, yeah. <laughs> Poor <laughs> but, choice I of mean, words. Uh, <laughs> but, and also, you know, like like Eric said, some people take approaches differently. Like, when I go on Twitter, I'm not going to go into an anti-Jesus mode. So, Eric, if I ever post a picture of Buddy Christ on your wall, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I will avoid doing that. Uh, I think the worst <laughs> I got... The worst I got, like last Saturday on Saturday Night Live, they, they were talking about Passion of the Christ 2, which is being made for some reason. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, the first one made enough money. But they said, well, there better be a line in there where he says, you crossed the wrong guy. <laughs> Jesus. And then, oh, Tex- nailed it. and then Tex- yeah, I nailed it. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's the worst I get with religious context. I have my own beliefs. I'm not a Christian. I, I do have my own beliefs, but I respect other people's beliefs. So I'm never going to go into a anti-religious tir- tirade on my page. Unless Unless, of course, somebody tries to get me to watch Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, which I never. <laughs> <laughs> there are some Throwing lines you there. don't cross. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, Eric. Sorry. Oh, no, you'll find plenty of Christians who have problems with so-called Christian movies as well. No worries there. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. I'm just but, saying, I, I can understand that why people do certain things. Yeah. But and I think you have to choose your battles. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is if you really want to find a game that's going to offend you, you can go out there and find it. There, there's been plenty of games made out there if you go to Flash games or other stuff online that glorify white supremacy and, and certain kinds of mass murder that uh, are completely objectionable. There's no rational defense for it. So it's not a matter of all video games being offensive or not. It's a matter of, to go back to your early example, if I'm a pacifist, I'm not going to find a violent game fun. I'm probably going to go play something else. End of story. My money's not supporting that creator. I've made my decision, my convictions, my choice. And I don't necessarily think that, you know, just because someone chooses something, that means their choice is right. But I do think sometimes we get caught up in lumping everything together in a big mass of video games when really it's such a fine-tuned thing. Here's the thing. Um, everybody's entitled to their own things. You know, I, I've seen mothers walk into GameStop and buy 50 cent bulletproof with their five-year-old kid. And I'd kind of want to smack them. In, well, not smack them in the back of the head, but say, what, shake them. And what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's because you don't buy that. You buy him Sonic and All-Star Racing Transformed or something. Yeah. But yeah. if somebody's into a certain type of game and they're really a fan of it and everything like, like, I don't, I mean, I know people who are hardcore into PUBG. They play nothing but PUBG. They haven't even mm-hmm. touched Fortnite or anything like that. They, they will not play anything else. I mean, I'll play it for a little bit and then I'll play something else, but I'm not going to go and pick on the people who are devotees to PUBG. That's their choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I too often have seen people be like, well, I don't want this game on shelves because it's super violent. Nobody should play it. Like a few years ago, um, this mother picked up primal rage for the super Nintendo completely offended when one of the 
um, one of the uh, fatalities was a gorilla urinating on his opponent until they oh, know. Yeah. That was yeah. Yeah, yeah, Blizzard, Blizzard. And uh, so she demanded. No, 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 no the fire one. Blizzard didn't do it. Blizzard oh, would you're not right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're yeah. right. I don't what you're talking about, though. Um, but no, <laughs> she demanded the game be taken off the shelves. Eventually, she they took it off for a day, but then they put it right back. But, I mean, that's the thing. When somebody tells me I can't buy a game because they don't like it, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You right. can say you don't like something. Great. That's your opinion. Wonderful. But that's not going to stop me from giving it a try and seeing if I like it. That's mm-hmm. the video game market. That's the freedom of choice. Period. Well, we, we, we do live in an age now like where there are so many different types of games out there for like, you know, for everyone to kind of play. And like it's it's kinda of, it's a bit of a far cry, I guess, like from how it was like back in, you know, eighties, nineties, like even early two thousands and everything. Um, you know, where there wasn't as much choice in types of games but now there literally is like you know like if you're any type of person very much and if you have like even a passing interest in video games there is going to be a game for you that's going to like just kind of pique your interest and that you just may end up falling in love with and everything so uh, at at the very least there is that and um that's why i'm kind of like more on the i guess like more on the uh, angle that like uh there, there should be more creative freedom as far as like, you know, even like exploring religious themes and everything. If the creators of games like wish to kind of go with them, uh, I, okay. like, I, cause I, I know like Ken Levine even kind of like got into a bit, bit of hot water too, like with, uh, with Bioshock with having some, uh, some religious themes. Like I actually like, it was with, uh, Bioshock infinite, like, cause the beginning mm-hmm. of it has you getting baptized before you go off into, um, uh, it's Atlas or whatever. I forget the name of the city now, but like, I think it's Atlas. Yeah, Columbia, Columbia, Columbia. That's what and, it's. and it tied so well into the story that I didn't mind that. Now I know some people be like, well, why did you need to get baptized into the city? And then you realize just how heavy their religious themes are, you know, and how they have certain beliefs against certain people in the city or how they react if you're the marked one, you know? And, and yeah. so that's, that's kind of understood. It's the tie into that era of like Americana. And like, that is very much like ingrained into that. Like it still is in a lot of ways. Like with like, if you look at kind of like at the political climate now, there are still people who believe in that way of like living and how everyone should be living in that way. Otherwise, you are wrong. And so you're going to have those extremes in that case. But, you know, that's why there are all sorts of different forms of entertainment. That's ironic when it comes to video gaming, too, because if we're honest, it should be a fact of your convictions are going to determine what video games are appealing to you. It doesn't work the other way around. Video games don't determine your convictions. If your worldview truly did come from a video game, that speaks on something wrong with you as a person. Yes. At least in my opinion. Like, maybe that's a little extreme, but you know what I mean. Your, Your convictions were already determined before you started that game up. And even then, you know, there's, there's room for interpretation. There's room for seeing a certain experience come away. Like I know some people that wouldn't touch Bioshock infinite based on hearing the religious themes, but then they got into it and they were like, Oh, so that's how this works. And another Mm -hmm. example, I'll bring up far cry five. Um, a lot of people were concerned when they announced this and said that the, it will take place in America and we'll have you fighting a cult because these cults actually exist somewhere in the Midwest and, you know, Eastern side of the, of the, of the, of the country. And, you know, they're, they're all concerned about that, but it is an interesting new direction and they really dive deep into the folklore of what makes a cult work, what their beliefs are, how hard they believe in stuff, how they'll punish people if they, if they go outside those beliefs. So we're still getting games 
that aren't afraid to go outside the box. Again, there's that line. Obviously, you want to make sure with your story, you don't go too overboard and like shoot a child or something just for the sake of whatever. But yeah. by the same token, you want to dig deep in those themes and let people know that there is something to fear here. There is yeah. there is a reason why you should be afraid of these bad guys. There's a reason that you need to stop them. You know, and, mm-hmm. and it kind of motivates into the story. It's not going to be everybody's speed. There, I know a few people that won't touch Far Cry Five because they prefer what was it? The luxury of Far Cry Four, I guess, but uh, well, I mean, kind of like like it being in an exotic place, exotic locale, exactly. Or and yeah. and, a, and a more but, of a fan, more of a fantasy based villain who is more about egotistical than having his beliefs. Yeah, Far Cry Five is kind of a shakeup of that. But I'm kind of interested in seeing where it goes and how far this cult will go to stop you. Yeah, it's, it's a compelling reason to play the game. I think, and it's interesting for me as a Christian because if if I'm honest, I would love to see games explore Christian themes more explicitly. And I would love to see what players think of that. And I would love to see the discussions that arise. And I would love to be the guy just kind of patiently waiting in the corner to point out, well, actually, this part's biblical, this part's not. If you're curious about it, I'm here for questions and answers. But that's about it. Let's explore it. Let's dig in. Let's get our hands dirty and get elbows deep in it and really tackle this stuff. For sure, for sure, and I think um, I think that's a good way of kind of like ending it right there. Honestly, just because like there there are like so many type you know like, like like types of games out there, and we are kind of like get you know getting to explore more of those themes, and um, you know it's it's you know it's kind of interesting to kind of see what's coming out of the wheelhouse, especially as like more and more indie developers kind of come out and get more experimental or get more daring like with their games. Yeah, let's do it. So absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much the main topic right there. So before we move on with the end of the show here, I believe you have a game code to give away, Robert. Yep, I am looking it up right now. Sorry, I had it here. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a different page. Please don't punish me. Please don't punish me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 50 lashes. 50 lashes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Shame. Um, I'm Shame. looking. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so the code I'm giving away is for a game called Octogedon, a nice little side-scrolling action-adventure game where you are, in fact, an unstoppable octopus. Um <laughs> You are Octo- Octogeddon, a massive mutant octopus with one mission. Destroy the world. Now, this is, my, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, grow more tentacles and evolve each of them into deadlier and deadlier weapons until you become the ultimate eight-legged killing machine. Uh, and the code for that, it's on Steam. It is F-D-T-T-H-N-D-I-3-I-5-J-B-D-H. That is for Octogeddon on Steam. Enjoy and destroy the world. Indeed, indeed. So uh, with that, we have the part of the show called Random Selects. So this is a yes or no 15-question game to guess which video game character Robert is this week. Uh, so this is going to be between you and I here, Eric. Uh, we're basically oh, okay. asking uh, you know, asking some yes or no questions. Uh, at the end of the fifth round of questions, uh, there'll be uh, there'll be like the first hint on who Robert is, and then the tenth round uh, be like the second hint. And if after fifteen questions we don't get it, then it's game over. So, nice. Uh, nice. so yeah. So Eric, why don't you start us off with the first yes or no question? Okay, Robert. Yes. Oh are wait, that was next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you a man? Yes. Okay. Okay. Are you a Nintendo character? No. Okay. Are you a hero? Yes. Okay. Um, are you angry? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have an idea here. <laughs> Do you wear snazzy sunglasses as part of your attire? <laughs> no. 
well, I guess I'll go right into it. Uh, are you Kratos? No. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you thought it was going to take that route. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I thought. Nope. Going a little more old school than that. Okay, does your narrative take place in a contemporary setting? Mm, no, more like a past setting. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Mm. Although it could be considered contemporary. It depends when you play, I guess. Mm. Did you debut on a PlayStation platform? No. Okay. Are you a blonde? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the way he said that, that was crazy. <laughs> fuck. Wow. Um, <laughs> let's see. Do you wield weapons? On occasion, yes. Okay. So that's number five there. All right, that's number five. Okay, I'm trying to think of the best way. Let's go for a spin. Oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Let's go for a spin. Let's go for a spin. S P I N. Oh, S P I N. Okay. Not not spend. <laughs> okay. So the, these occasional weapons would they ever include a sword? Yes. Okay. Um. Hmm. Are you? Do you have like a big build? Yes. Okay. Do you wear a ninja outfit? No. Are you shirtless? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, I wear suspenders. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> You're looking it oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> Who, me? Video game characters and suspenders. <laughs> Cheater. Cheater. <laughs> Have you ever held public office? Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, hmm. Is your daughter missing usually? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're about close. <laughs> hmm. Do you enjoy pile driving people into oblivion? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Are you Mayor Mike Hager? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nice job. That's just well, the suspender is followed by the obvious typing. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. So, I, I had an idea. I didn't type in suspenders. I typed in <laughs> Final Fight. I was like, he does wear suspenders, right? <laughs> yes, and the yeah, second, just imagine that. The second clue would have given away was, if you're parked wrong, I will destroy your car. Oh, there you go. There you go. I was actually kind of thinking like it might have been Sweet Tooth, maybe, but I wasn't quite sure. Uh, see, yeah, but we talked about Final Fight earlier in the show, and I thought Meh, that would be fitting. That's true. That's okay. True. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so yeah, random select. We got it in uh, in ten. Uh, the nice. the streak continues. <laughs> nice Indeed. job, guys. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much uh, Arcast episode ninety six there in the books. Uh, so Eric, why don't you pimp out some social media or like website stuff that uh, you want people yeah. to check out? That was fun. So I just want to make clear here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. Thanks for coming right. on. It's been a blast just talking with you and and, and getting your christian head if i can say it that yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> guy getting sure, that christian sure. head <laughs> the mind of the christian well i know what you meant too but anyway are you in my head you're in my head yes. <laughs> yes. now the only thing i'll go ahead and pimp out is the hub 
where I broadcast everything would probably be my Twitter page. And currently that is Eric V. Bailey. So that's V as in Victor, which actually isn't my middle name. So that's E as in elephant, R as in robot, I as in... I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's Eric V. Bailey <laughs> Eric on <B>. Twitter. Bailey. <laughs> was go. Nintendo legend for a while there. For years, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah. No longer. Yeah, I, oh, I got well. caught cheating. I was using MAME instead of a real arcade cabinet. Oh, so oh man. Can't oh, call myself a Channel Legend anymore. Say it ain't so, Eric. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you guys. Damn. How dare you? The heroes fall one by one. Yeah. <laughs> you are, you are, the rest of your life, you will play Mortal Kombat on the Super NES. Make it so! Right. So much sweat. <laughs> so much sweat, so much. It's sweat. a sweatathon. <laughs> uh, Robert, anything else you want to promote there from uh, comic book? Um, Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a board game. Uh, there's what? apparently a board game what? on Kickstarter right now called Sonic the Hedgehog Battle Racers. It features hand painted pieces, and it's a miniature racing board game for two to five players in which you use cards and power-ups in order to keep your speed to get to the finish line. It's currently sitting at about $10,000. Uh, its goal is 50000 And uh, I wish these guys the best of luck, because uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog board game actually sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Got to go fast. Got to go fast. <laughs> my, my, fast. My question is, can you make your own pieces? Because I'll probably take some of these really badly drawn um, Sonic memes that are on the internet, and I'll make them into the characters. Of course. <laughs> nice, yes. nice. Gotta go uh, fast. Gotta go fast, indeed. And you also gotta go fast to check out our Twitter handle here so uh you know so if you want to uh to check out the uh the, you know the arcast on twitter we are at arg podcast same thing for facebook we're at facebook.com slash arg podcast and if you want to follow me on twitter it's at the guilty man follow me on twitter it's at twitter.com slash the dcd you can also check out our work or my work rather at comicbook.com slash gaming where i've written up a storm including a great little piece about what activision needs to do to reintroduce call of duty to a nintendo platform successfully mm, there you go that's, that's a, that's a good one right it's there. Rumored, black ops 4 is coming to switch too so maybe we'll ah, see very cool very cool and uh also keep in mind too that we are partner with don't feed the gamers so be sure to check them out at don'tfeedthegamers.com so like a lot of cool stuff over there if you want your your gaming fix on as well and uh, Hi, Liana. and uh, yeah with with our friend Liana over there and everything uh so yeah and, and uh you know so if you want to send us any like uh, questions any like retro games you want us to cover or anything at all really you can email us at rcast at retrozap.com and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts for all sorts of other amazing podcasts especially of the star wars variety uh, there's Bruise and Blasters, uh, Kanata's Castle, as I start losing my voice, uh, Skywalking Through Neverland, uh, Stars of Sabres and Scoundrels. Uh, there's also Beltway Bontas, which is really cool because it combines both Star Wars and politics. So if you're of both minds, it's definitely the podcast for you. There's also the Deucecast Movie Show. So if you're a big movie uh, movie fan and everything, that's definitely the podcast for you. And those guys have been doing it for over 300 episodes now. So definitely check them out. Uh, there's also the Animaniacast, so if you're a big Animaniacs fan, it's definitely the podcast for you, and there's, they're also Rob Paulson approved. And there's also the Techno Retro Dads, so if you love old school stuff, and of course you do because you listen to the Rcast, you'll love the Techno Retro Dads because they cover stuff from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, not only just video games, but also toys, commercials, things like that. And yeah, there's also us with Rcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes, subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Stitcher and also Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not listen to the Rcast. And yeah, again, that's Rcast episode 96 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro. So how much you want to bet when we meet, whenever we meet Eric in real life, the first question he's going to ask me, why aren't you a blonde? Yeah. <laughs> you won't see me coming. I will walk behind you quietly, silently, <laughs> place my lips near your ear, and speak in a gentle whisper as my warm breath caresses your cheek. <laughs>
You know what? You're you're unfollowed. You have a nice <laughs> There's a fanfic territory over here. Well, what, what's you next? Can stop following me, but I'll never stop following you. Wow. You know, I'm gonna go to my car. Oh wait, it's destroyed. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Well, if we're not too creeped out, we'll see you guys next week. Wow. Absolutely. Catch you guys later. <laughs> Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. And we host the Pretty OK Gamers Podcast. Think of our show as water cooler conversations with a little less gossip and a little more geeking out. My Halo, I think, is Legend of Zelda. What? No way. No. Who are you again? I'm Justin, and we're we're (laughs) rather okay at playing pretty good games. No, no. Every week, we talk about games and their history, and even ask ridiculous questions like, are open world games even good? So come join us every Sunday on the HP Gaming Podcast Network. See you there. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.